Welcome to tonight's Saturday Night Special, episode 165. Hi, I'm April Eveling. I challenge you to invest in yourself, invest in others, develop your influence, and impact the world by using your time, your talent, and your treasures to live out your calling. Having the ability to find a connection with mindfulness, faith, and peace is key. And one way to be inspired to do that is to listen to this, the Inspired Stewardship Podcast with my friend, Scott Mater. It, it all starts with noticing where we already are, like the patterns that we've already established. And I find more and more in my own life as I am promoting peace and positivity, I start to notice the ways that I'm not already doing that, you know, the, the ways that I might be harsh with talking to myself or talking to others. Welcome and thank you for joining us on the Inspired Stewardship Podcast. If you truly desire to become the person who God wants you to be, then you must learn to use your time, your talent, and your treasures for your true calling. In the Inspired Stewardship Podcast, you will learn to invest in yourself, invest in others, and develop your influence so that you can impact the world. In tonight's Saturday Night Special, I interview April Ebling. I ask April to share how her faith journey is linked to her musical meditations. I also ask April to share how singing can be a spiritual practice and why that's important. And April shares with you some of her keys to doing these kinds of activities and fitting it in with our busy lives. You know, one area that a lot of folks need some help with is around the area of productivity. Getting not just more things done, but actually getting the right things done can be really, really tough. I've got a course called Productivity for Your Passion that's designed to help you do this and then to hold you accountable and walk with you so that you can tailor productivity, not just to be getting more done, but actually getting the right things done. What's more, we take the approach of looking at your personality and how you actually look at things in the world and tailor the productivity system to your personality. Because the truth is, a lot of the systems that are out there are written really well for somebody with a particular personality type. But if you have a different approach to things, they just don't work. But there's tools and techniques and approaches that you can take that will work for anyone. And we help you do that in productivity for your passion. Check it out over at inspiredstewardship.com slash launch. April Ebling is an adoptive mom, award-winning musician, and military veteran who is passionate about creating musical experiences that make a difference in our daily life. She created Sing Along Switch to rescue her mindfulness practice as a new mom and has now helped thousands of people around the world in 23 countries and counting have fun, fulfilling, and most importantly, fast-acting ideas. This technique is a wonderful addition to anything you have in your mental health toolbox. Welcome to the show, April. Hi, it's good to be here. Absolutely. So you've got a little bit of an interesting take on some of the work that you do, and I'm, I'm excited to explore that with you today. But as we're kind of going there, would you first talk a little bit about your faith journey and how that's intersected with now the work that you're doing? around April sings a lot? 
Sure, sure. Thank you. So I grew up in church and I, we were what I guess we would call now a church hopper. I didn't know it at the time, but we as a family would go to a church for a few years and then something would go wrong and then we would go to a different church. And so I was exposed to a lot of different denominations, which actually, you know, turned into a good thing later because I know all the hymns from all the churches. <laughs> but but at the time, like that, that was our norm was just like go somewhere until it wasn't perfect and then go somewhere else. And then when I went to college was when I like I realized that distinction between religion and relationship. Mm-hmm. And it opened up a whole new world for me in my faith journey. And I remember distinctly like that moment that I realized that Jesus loves me, like just loves me. And it wasn't about whether I did all the right things or went to all the right places or, or things like that. And it was, it was such a wonderful transformation for me personally. And then unfortunately, because my family was not in that place, it, it led to a, a split between me and my family of origin. So they were just real married to the rules part of religion and not able to accept that, you know, that love and grace and relationship piece that I was so excited to embrace. And so I was actually during college, I was adopted into a new family and it, it's been a real blessing, but I also call it sort of like the best of times and the worst of times, because mm-hmm. while it was a wonderful blessing to be embraced by a family who did love me unconditionally, it was still, and is still a really hard thing to be not a part of the family that you were born into and that you were raised by. So mm-hmm. that's a little bit of my, you know, like the, <laughs> the quick and dirty of the, mm-hmm. of the religion piece or my, my faith journey, but through it all, the constant has been music and it has, it has always stood by me and, and provided such a comfort during really tough. To talk a little bit about that, you know, when, when explain, let's let people in on the secret. I mean, Uh, (laughs) talk a little bit about what you do and what you promote and, and how, you know, music has, has played that out in your life and then, you know, how you're seeing it play out in others. Okay. So I've always been a singer since before I could talk that was like, I I was just always singing. And so as a natural, uh, like outpouring from that, I majored in vocal performance in college. And so then graduated college and was like, Oh, what do I like? I want to sing. How do I, how do I make that into a job? (laughs) And I joined the Navy as a singer. So I I did singing as a job with the Navy and then I got out and then I did singing as a job with our church. And then I just had a moment, another like realization moment where I thought, I love how music is affecting people in the church, but I know there are a lot of people who are never going to come into a church who could really benefit from the power of music. And so that started me on a path of creating these music meditations that I share in a meditation app, but then also on my website and and in other places. So I've combined the power of singing with 
a technique called the emotional freedom technique or tapping, where you tap on different acupressure points on your body. And it just really helps to calm that fight or flight response that we have. And it really helps to move any stuck energy that we have in our bodies. And so it, it does get a little like woo woo, I guess. But it does, I find, is very effective and something that really promotes peace, which is something that we're all in, you know, in need of more, more of in our lives. <laughs> Seems like more and more right now. Absolutely, yes. Well, and as part of that, I think too, you know, mindfulness in general, I think, always comes across as somewhat woo-woo, and yet, you know, if you look at the neurobiological science behind it there's real effects that are shown, you know, so it's not, it it feels like it's magic. And yet it actually is shown to work scientifically. If, if that, you know, is something that that helps you too. So why do you feel like these sorts of practices are important for, well, let's start with, for people of faith that maybe, Mm -hmm. you know, they go to church regularly, they, mm-hmm. they participate in a faith journey. Why is this sort of practice maybe outside of church? Because most church services involve music, but absolutely, you know, yes. why do you feel like that's important for people to develop? It goes back to that religion versus relationship piece. I think that really has been the, the through line of, of my story. It, it's because fostering that language that you personally are going to use to connect with God, connect with yourself, like that your voice is so important for you to hear. And so often we use our voices to tell ourselves we're doing a bad job, (laughs) tell ourselves like, oh man, you should have done this. You should have done that. And to turn that around and start to use positive language to not only speak to yourself, but to speak to God and, and foster that personal relationship is, is huge. It really is something that can actually affect your daily life. Whereas, you know, church services are wonderful, like pick me ups and it's a great place to have community. But if you're not having that personal relationship, then you're missing a big piece of it. So is this something that people would do like as you know, part of their daily prayer practice? Is it, you know, how, how does it play out in their life? I use it in for myself in the mornings as part of my, my quiet time. I know of people that use it like before they see clients or before like a big meeting or things like that. So it's, it's, I, I don't want to be prescriptive about it. Like, oh no, this is like at 6 a.m. Here, every here's day. The three, here's <laughs> the three ways you could use it. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. So I, I don't want to be prescriptive about it. I will say I developed it myself as a new mom. Like we have a four-year-old son and prior to being a mom, I had a lot of time and did a lot of journaling and reading and meditating and like all the things. And then I became a mom and had zero time and needed mental health practices more than ever. And so this was something I developed to sort of create a shortcut to that calm that I needed. And so I recommend it as something that, you know, anytime that you're feeling like, okay, I'm about to just lose it. (laughs) As my wife said to me one day when our son was very young, I never understood how someone could hurt a child. Now I do. (laughs) Not that she ever did, but it's like, I now have, I now grasp it. I now understand how that could happen. (laughs) Correct. Yes. There are definitely times when you just need to walk away, (laughs) have a moment. 
so that that is what I find this practice to be so valuable for in my own life. And then as I've shared it more and more, I find other others are benefiting as well. Mm-hmm. So why music? Why do you think music has such a hook to be able to help us tap into that 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 calm? Well, you know, let's go back to the kid piece, the child piece. Like when you're trying to get a baby to go to sleep, a lot of times you're humming, you're like patting them on the back, you're using those like the musical piece and the physical touch piece to calm them down. And then as kids are learning in their early years, we teach them things through song, right? We've all learned the ABCs through a really catchy tune, right? And so there's there's that piece of music that sticks with us, whether we like it or not. You know, we've all had a song stuck in our heads that we don't want there. And so this is sort of harnessing that power for good and uh, and allowing those truths to stick with you and and hopefully allow you to have peace throughout your day. And you mentioned, you know, this is something that can be done throughout the day. How do how do people develop this sort of ability or practice or habit to do these things? Because you know, one of the big pushbacks people have about mindfulness and meditation and journaling and all of these sorts of practices is they take too much time. You know, I don't have time mm-hmm. for that. And mm-hmm. yet you just mentioned you did it while you were you know, raising a kiddo, <laughs> you know, that, that, which is the definition of having no time. So how, how, mm-hmm. how can these practices work for those folks that are right now thinking, oh, that's lovely, but I don't have time for that. I got, I totally get it. We've all been there. I think when you see the value in it, you find the time for it. Like, like I said, I, I, as a new mom was like, listen, I'm not going to be the mom that I want to be unless I find a way to get a little bit of meditation or, or like mindfulness in. And so I would slip out onto the back porch for five minutes in the morning before my husband left for work. And that was it. So, I mean, I hate to say just you make time for what's a priority, but I think that's the, the answer here. It's okay. It they've, heard that, helps, they've heard that on the show before. It's right. Okay. Of course. <laughs> it also helps to tie it to something, you know, like in the evenings, a lot of times I will like, as I'm brushing my teeth, that is something that I can like, I can tap and hum like at the same time. So, you know, if it's something that's important to you that you want to make a part of your day, then tie it to something that you're already going to do, like make coffee. Maybe this is something you can do while your coffee is brewing in the morning, that kind of thing. Well, and I mean, actually that's probably there. Here's another example. That's a weird one, but it, it applies. I think a lot of us heard, you know, during the pandemic about washing our hands and singing while we did there it. There you go. To know that we washed our hands long enough, you know. So it's the there same thing. There you go. Yeah, you Ax- yeah that's a great example. Great example. <laughs> so, can let let's say somebody's hearing this and they're like, "Okay, this is interesting to me." <laughs> you mm-hmm, know, mm-hmm. is there what would be a baby step or a first practice or kind of a a beginning advice that somebody should do to maybe begin to explore this a little bit? There are some really simple, short ones that you can do. And it would sort of depend on what the priority is in the moment. Like Mm -hmm. I have one that is just the phrase, even in the chaos, I can find the calm. And so that's something that like you just sing that phrase, even in the chaos, I can find the calm as you're tapping. And that I find is very helpful to acknowledge the chaos. Like, let's not pretend that everything's fine. No, it's chaos right now. But I also know that I can find the calm. 
and that that is possible. And so as you're like acknowledging what's happening, but then also searching for the peace and the calm, that is a really powerful way to just remind yourself that you have the power to react in a new way. So I I have a few questions that I like to ask all of my guests, but before I, I go there, is there anything else about this practice that you feel that it's really important for folks to understand or the the work that you do that you'd like to add? I would just like to say it, it all starts with noticing where we already are, like the patterns that we've already established. And I find more and more in my own life as I am promoting peace and positivity I start to notice the ways that I'm not already doing that, you know, the the ways that I might be harsh with talking to myself or talking to others. And so just even that just start to notice the words that you're saying and and see if you can change them into a, into a more positive positive tone. So my brand of course is inspired stewardship yes. and I run things through that lens of stewardship, but I've also discovered that that's one of those words that means a lot of different things to a lot of different people. So what does the word stewardship mean to you and and what has the impact of that understanding been on your life? Well, I will say when I first saw this question, my knee-jerk reaction, first thing I thought was passing the plate in, in in a church service, which I'm sure you've heard before as well. So we've all been my joke. My joke is stewardship is Christian code for we're starting a building campaign. Grab your wallet. Yes. (laughs) Yes. Everybody get out your checkbooks. (laughs) Right. So like, you know, that's sort of what I grew up thinking stewardship was, you know, giving a portion of your allowance into the plate on Sunday mornings. And now as an adult, I'm more and more realizing it is being responsible with the gifts and talents that you have and sharing them in a way that benefits as many people as possible. And it, that's a big responsibility. And it's it's something to really take seriously. So I'm, I'm thankful for a podcast like yours that highlight the, the importance of that. So how has that understanding as it's changed throughout your life? How has it affected your life? It has challenged me to be less shy <laughs> about sharing things. Like I, I, you know, I mentioned this practice as something I developed as a new mom. It was something that was helping me and that was enough. And I didn't like tapping is a little bit, like I mentioned a little bit woo maybe. And I, I was reluctant to share it openly because I thought, well, this is helping me, but it, it's not for any, for everybody. And more and more, I got convicted about that, that if it's helping you, then it it's something that could also help others. And, and it was a real massive step of faith to uh, one year ago, start sharing publicly about this practice. And it has now helped thousands of people in 20 plus countries. And so I'm, I'm reminded every day that, you know, the, the practices and the things that we have learned, we are responsible to share. And no matter how silly you may think it is, if it's something that you're feeling prompted to speak out about, that's it's important to act on that. This is my favorite question. Okay. <laughs> if if I invented, yeah, I will say that some of my guests say it's not their favorite question, but it's my favorite <laughs> question. If I invented this magic machine and I was able to to pluck you from the mm-hmm. chair where you sat to this morning and transport you into the far future, maybe 150 to 200 years, 
And through the power of this machine, you were able to look back on your entire life and see all of the ripples and all of the connections and all of the relationships that you've left behind. What impact do you hope you've left on the world? I hope that people are finding their own personal peace, whether that be through singing and tapping or through other practices. I, I just hope that I've inspired people to find a way to find that peace in themselves. Well, what's next on the roadmap? What's coming up for April as you continue on this journey? Well, I, I work with clients one-on-one with this singing and tapping practice. I also have group experiences that I do at the end of the month. It's a great way to sort of wrap up the month if, if you want that. But honestly, I mean, who knows what's next, right? I'm enjoying the the process of parenting a four-year-old. <laughs> And every day is it a was, new day. Interestingly, your tone sort of changed while you said that. It's like, no, I'm enjoying it. Really, I am. Oh, I promise. Yes. Gritting my teeth. It's fine. Depending, depending on the moment. Right. Right. Well, and and uh, I will tell you, having an 18-year-old boy now, that that, that this too shall pass. The, the fours change. And before you know it, you're looking at a six, five young man who's driving and, you know, has a job and doing all those things going, when did that happen? (laughs) So so you can find out more about April over on Facebook, Instagram, and YouTube as April sings a lot, or find out more on her website also at aprilsingsalot.com. That's where there's more about her coaching and the group work that she does. April, is there anything else you'd like to share with the listener? I actually am creating a page specifically for listeners of this podcast. So if they go to aprilsingsalot.com slash inspired, I'll have a free video there for the that meditation that I mentioned. Even in the chaos, I can find the calm if they just want to give a little taster. See awesome. What it's about. That's a thank you for that. That's a wonderful gift. And of course, I'll link that up in the show notes as well. If anyone's driving and can't didn't quite catch that, you can always go back and, and look at the show notes for this episode and we'll get that up as well. Awesome. Thanks for being here. Thank you. Thanks so much for listening to the Inspired Stewardship Podcast. As a subscriber and listener, we challenge you to not just sit back and passively listen, but act on what you've heard and find a way to live your calling. If you enjoyed this episode, please, please do us a favor. Go over to inspiredstewardship.com slash iTunes rate, all one word, iTunes rate. It'll take you through how to leave a rating and review and how to make sure you're subscribed to the podcast so that you can get every episode as it comes out in your feed. Until next time, invest your time, your talent, and your treasures, develop your influence, and impact the world.